Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. show about women, the workplace and success. I'm Ashley Montite. This time, you know all those requests you get that strictly speaking aren't part of the job? Ask yourself if you have to do it and what you might lose if you say no. Does your job or livelihood hinge on your saying yes? Much of the time it doesn't. We end up doing it anyway and it eats our time. But there are alternatives. Try and say no in a positive fashion. It will make you feel a lot less guilty. Coming up, setting boundaries without alienating your colleagues. I've always thought of this show as covering some of the themes that run beneath women's lives. Stuff that isn't always obvious on the surface, but that makes our experiences at work quite different from men's. One of those little differences is that many women find it harder than men to set boundaries, to say no to the many requests that come our way. Women so often feel bad saying no, partly because we want to be helpful, partly because everyone expects us to be. Recently, a friend told me about a book on this topic. I like the title so much, I borrowed it for this show. My answer is no, if that's okay with you. The author is psychiatrist Nanette Gartrell. She's been on the faculty at Harvard Medical School and the University of California in addition to running a therapy practice. I've been a clinician seeing mostly women in a psychotherapy practice for more than 40 years. And the struggles that my clients experienced around setting limits in their lives was really the bulk of the work that I did. I take care of what I call the worried well, healthy Uh, high-functioning individuals who are struggling with relationships or job problems or uh, career issues and so on. So I found myself over these four decades plus inventing um, and developing new strategies for them that were tailored to the specific situation in which they found themselves. And they wouldn't have been bringing these issues to therapy if they didn't care about the relationship or their position, so that it was really a matter of trying to find the best way for them to set a limit um, when they needed to and also preserve the relationship or hold on to the job. And this is key to why so many women hesitate to say no. We feel like it puts those relationships in jeopardy. We feel like we're not being nice or supportive or helpful Maybe we'll upset the other person or make them angry or resentful. Were you immune from all this yourself or not entirely? Absolutely not. Um, I'm, first of all, I'm a woman. Um, I'm um, very tuned in just inherently to other people's moods and dissatisfaction. That just is part of who I am. Then I chose 
to become a physician, where it's a very important characteristic of physicians, in my opinion, that we are tuned into our patients or clients. And then beyond that, I chose to become a psychiatrist, where it's even more important that that um, I am tuned into how people are feeling and and what's going on with them, even though they may not be aware of some of their feelings because um, I'm there to help them with that. So I have all of those dimensions contributing to being very aware when people are dissatisfied or unhappy. And since I care very much about making people happy, I mean, I sort of see myself as in a profession to help people feel happier or better about in their lives. When I'm in a situation where I'm aware that I'm going to be letting somebody down by saying no, of course, that makes it a challenge for me. I love that you acknowledge at the beginning of the book that women's desire to help people and be there for others is actually a really valuable thing because some, you know, say no advice that you hear for women doesn't acknowledge this really. Um, why why do you think it's important to reiterate that there's much good that can come out of our desire to help people? Well, my clients are often very surprised when I tell them that our reluctance to say no comes from traits that we should value that include empathy, sensitivity, thoughtfulness, and compassion, um, and that the struggle to say no comes from being tuned in rather than shut down, and also that the paths that we take to saying no, however circuitous, sometimes help us grow. Saying no for women can be a genuine struggle because of our deeply rooted need for connection. This is something that is very, very important to us, and so to be considerate without jeopardizing our well-being or livelihood and at the same time assertive without losing the relationships we value, I see as two of life's most compelling challenges. For most women, the prospect of being less sensitive to the needs of others isn't appealing, even though accommodating their requests can result in personal sacrifice or hardship. And Many of us would rather weigh the pros and cons of helping out and struggle to find the best possible way to take care of ourselves as well as the many others who are dependent on us. And that's also how our brains are wired. We have an aptitude for compassion and connection. Yet so often we hear that there is something terribly wrong with the way that we say no. And this is really the opposite of what my book is about. So often we hear things like, listen to your own needs, push yourself first, stop being a people pleaser, and quit worrying about every, everyone else. But really, this is a foreign concept to most of us because, and I say this to my clients all the time, if women as a group became substantially less concerned about the general well-being of everyone around us, the consequences for children, the infirm, the disadvantaged, and the elderly would be disastrous. Because it is women who do so much of that caring work, whether it's for family or as part of a helping profession. And a lot of you are in those jobs. I've heard from teachers, doctors, nurses, coaches. But I had to go back to something Nanette said about women's brains being wired for compassion. I knew that would have some of you bristling. 
You know what? I'm just going to want to pick up on something you said, because and I noticed this in the book as well. Um, I get in trouble with some of my listeners when I when I use the word wired and say women's brains are wired too, because I, I then get these emails saying it's socialization, that which I agree women are socialized to help others as well. But I just wonder how you tread around that, that kind of nature versus nurture thing. Well, there's quite a bit of evidence that our brains as women are wired for connection. However, um, there are plenty of boys and men who also are socialized, grow up in environments where those characteristics are nurtured and developed. And I find that men in my practice and men in my life who are very um, deeply connected individuals also struggle in the same kind of way with setting limits um, as women do. Um, So it's really about, are you a person who is very relational? If you are, regardless of gender, then you're going to struggle with these kinds of issues. So talking about caring people, you know, you're in a caring profession and you told a great story in one of the chapters of your book about an assistant you had and you realized that she had mental health issues when she was somewhere into the job, but you didn't want to fire her. I mean, this that was a great example from your own life. Can you talk a little bit about what women in helping professions, and there are a lot of them, can do to say no sometimes without people thinking that they're Cruella de Vil? Well, I'll just expand a little on this personal story because I think it illustrates the complexities of this dynamic. Um, This employee had been with us and doing quite well for a number of years, and then all of a sudden, one day I came into my office to, to begin my day of seeing clients, and I saw that there were boxes of baking soda with skulls and crossbones drawn on them um, around all the electronic equipment in the office. So next to the computer, next to the copier, next to the fax machine. And I said, what's with the baking soda? And she said, the radiation that it lets off is, um, is very, very, very dangerous. That was the first sign that something was wrong. Over the course of the next few weeks, she became more and more anxious about even being in the office. So obviously, she was developing a psychiatric problem. Nanette knew psychiatric problems very well. She wasn't getting the backup she needed in the office, but she couldn't just let her assistant go. That would have felt inhuman to her. So what we did was we helped her get into good treatment And in the process of that, she decided that she no longer could do the job in our office. So um, that the way we set the limit, essentially, was helping her get the treatment and, and facilitating her understanding that she couldn't any longer do the job. It was a relief on all fronts. The assistant was getting the help she needed, and Nanette could hire a new person. She says we need to get one thing straight about setting boundaries, no matter what kind of work we do. And though it sounds obvious when she says it, I think a lot of us lose sight of this. You can really only say no when you have a clear sense of your priorities. But how many of us have sat there at one point or another and told ourselves everything is equally important? And once we get over that... 
it's important to weigh the risks and benefits of each no, both professionally and personally. It's very important to tailor your no to fit the request. It can't be one size fits all if you care about your relationship with the person who's asking. So I basically, I would uh, recommend an overall six steps in this no process to consider. Um, the first is when you receive a request, if it's not an emergency, don't answer immediately. Give yourself time to consider whether you want to do it and say instead something like, let me think about this, let me check my schedule, consider my other obligations, and be very specific about the date and time when you will respond. It's, it's very important to let people know as soon as possible, and it's very important to keep your word. In other words, be respectful of the person who's asking. They need to know one way or the other. So secondly, ask yourself if you have to do it and what you might lose if you say no. Is, for example, the request within the parameters of your job description? Does your job or livelihood hinge on your saying yes? And if you do say yes, will it be a, a, a hardship for you, your family, or other important relationships? And third, does the request fit within your priorities? I would suggest that you ask yourself, is it part of your personal agenda? Will it bring you closer to your goals? Will you be happy or fulfilled if you agree to the request? Are you inclined to say yes out of a desire to be helpful? Are you being asked to be do something that's meaningful or substantive? Or is there a colleague who could handle this better and who might even benefit from doing it? Number four. If you decide that it's not in your best interest to say yes, I suggest that you state your no clearly and decisively and at the minimum say, I'm sorry, I can't accommodate your request. She says a clear, unequivocal no is much easier to deal with than a mushy non-answer that leaves the asker in the twilight zone. I'm already feeling guilty about the number of times I've done that. Five, you may feel inclined to explain your reasons, but I suggest that you be brief. You um, may want to clarify why the request doesn't fit within your responsibilities or prior commitments, um, or if it's a policy-based decision, explain why your no should not be uh, taken personally. And finally, the sixth point is, if you can, offer other alternatives because it's always better to be helpful when you can, and sometimes your generosity comes full circle. But I think overall, it's very important in the caring professions and in the workplace in general for women that we are held to a higher standard when we say no than men are. It's okay for us to say no as long as we do it nicely, but if it's not warm and nurturing, we often lose points. And therefore, finding just the right mixture of firmness and thoughtfulness to communicate a clear limit without alienating people takes training and practice. Heather McGregor has that training and practice. Some of you may remember her. She's been on the show several times. She used to write a column for the Financial Times under the name Mrs. Moneypenny. This woman gets a lot of requests, personal and professional. First of all, acknowledge that you can't be everywhere. If you try and be everywhere, all that will happen is you will be average at everything and no one person will get the, your proper attention. 
When I last spoke to Heather, she was running her own headhunting business in London. These days, she's the dean of Edinburgh Business School and still chairman of her business. She's also an author and she has a family. She says to protect her time, she says no a lot. But she does try to offer the other person something along with her refusal. So I've just, for instance, come from um, an email from a pretty famous television presenter in this country who's a woman asking me if she could meet me for one-on-one advice having read my book and she wants to uh, become the non-executive director of a public company and she's heard that I know how to go about this and so she wants my personal advice okay this is this will be an hour of my time I will not be able to charge for it And to be honest, I don't think I will advance. I might make her feel better, but I won't be able to specifically do anything to assist her because I don't run a a search company that does board positions. And I don't influence chairmen about who they appoint either. That's not what I do. I encourage and support women as they're going about trying to get these jobs, but I don't actually make any difference as to whether they succeed or not. And, And all my best advice is in the book. She has an hour with me. All that she will hear is what's in the book all over again. So... I've said, I've written back to her and said I won't see her. But in writing back and saying I won't see her, I have offered her three specific suggestions of things she could do to help herself. So when you say no to something, no, I can't make the bake sale, but I'll tell you what I'll do. I will donate, you know, $15 towards the cake ingredients. Try and say no in a positive fashion. It will make you feel a lot less guilty. I learn from that advice and I try to do something similar if the occasion arises. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. If you're a woman who's done well in your field, maybe you're one of very few women in the job, you're probably inundated with requests for your time and expertise. Here's Nanette again. One of the um, university professors that I spoke with who is asked to speak all over the world, and she had an elderly parent for whom she was caregiver, couldn't possibly meet all the demands and requests on her time, always had, right by the phone, a list of junior faculty who could benefit tremendously from the opportunities she was being asked to do, give the speeches in these various places. And so she would give them a leg up as she was saying no to the request. But another African-American professor didn't have the same options. She always felt like the token black woman on these panels, but... She didn't say no because she felt that all of the diversity that she represented would not be attended to if she wasn't there. That issues for people of color wouldn't be attended to. Issues with people of different sexual orientations wouldn't be attended to. So she had very, very, very little free time. But here's something to bear in mind if you're someone who always ends up saying yes to these extracurricular requests. Yes, they can bolster your career, 
but sometimes you just bolster the person or the event itself. And that's what the requester is after. They need you to make their event look good. There's a story in Nanette's book about American political writer Peggy Noonan. When Noonan's son was little, she got asked to fly across the country to campaign for a female candidate at a political event. She admired the candidate, and the organiser kept saying this woman would win if Noonan showed up and spoke up for her. But Noonan was a single mother, and the event was during the week. Her son was at school. The woman asking her said, bring him. Noonan said, no, little kids don't like being yanked out of school and taken halfway across the country. The event organiser kept pressing her. Noonan hesitated, but ultimately she said no. And so what's, I think, really important to realize in scenarios like this is that all too often people who ask for your time for a particular function or purpose don't care about your family or other responsibilities. They care about their needs. So it's very important that you prioritize your own needs because nobody else will do that for you. That's what Peggy Noonan did when she said no to that request. She put her son over the event because she recognized that her agenda was her son. The organizer's agenda was the success of this rally. They were two separate agendas. Realizing that helped her make the decision. But what about the smaller things, the workplace requests that can clog up your day? Some of you responded to a Facebook post I wrote asking about requests you found it difficult to refuse. One of my respondents on Facebook talked about, you know, being asked to interview somebody in another department. These smaller things that that over the course of a day or a week can be little time sucks. But if somebody, especially if it's somebody who's superior to you, I just think that's that's really, really awkward, how to say no to those things um, without looking churlish. Exactly. Um, and, and it's true that saying no in those kinds of situations sometimes raises concerns about not being a team player. And sometimes I think you have to do it. You have to put in the time to give that good impression. But not every time they ask... One listener told me on Facebook the men in her office always ask her to take notes in meetings, a common request women get. And she says yes, partly because she thinks she'll take the best notes anyway, so why not? But if it were me, I think I'd suggest something else like everyone takes turns taking notes in different meetings. But of course, sometimes what you want to say no to isn't the small stuff. It's the big stuff. And pushing back on a request from above can be fraught with complications. People may be facing these kinds of situations in their office where essentially they're being asked to do something that is, is coming from on high and that yet they feel it's the wrong action. What, what, are, what sort of options do they have? Well, in some of those situations, as in the hierarchical systems where you're not allowed to say no to, to your superior, you are definitely at risk of losing your job if you draw a line that your superior is going to be very unhappy with. And it's very important that you talk with colleagues if to the extent that you can, that you get support from as many people as you can, that you get as much advice as you can about how to be very clear about why you're stating the limit that you're stating and hope that you can make a good case and be respected for what you are doing. But it doesn't always work out. 
Finally, Nanette and I talked about how to say no to routine requests, or rather, how not to say no. She began thinking about this when she was researching her book. She got rejected a bunch of times when she approached prominent women to interview, more than she expected. She came to appreciate a direct no, but much of the time, that's not what she got. It was very frustrating because essentially I was put on kind of indefinite hold with a vague promise that they would get back to me and they didn't. And that made me feel devalued and ultimately lose respect for the person who couldn't just tell it to me straight. I mean, I'd rather have a nasty no or just a no, I'm not available, than a wishy-washy or sort of indefinite hold no. Noted. Nanette's book covers so much more than setting boundaries in the workplace. She has chapters on saying no to friends and family, how to say no to requests from your community, even how to say no to someone who's dying. If you're somebody who wants to stop saying yes so often, I highly recommend it. Again, the book is My Answer is No, if that's okay with you. How Women Can Say No and Still Feel Good About It. I'll put a link under this episode at thebroadexperience.com. That's The Broad Experience for this time. Thanks to those of you who've donated to the show since the last episode went up. I'm pleased to say PayPal has reinstated the ability to give a monthly donation, and I know some of you have asked about that. If everyone who listened to this show gave me just $1 a month, so way less than you spend daily on a tea or coffee, I could actually earn a living from this thing. Go to thebroadexperience.com slash support, and thank you. I'm always open to hearing story ideas from you, so if you'd like me to cover something, get in touch via the website or email ashley at thebroadexperience.com. I'm Ashley Nontight. See you next time. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.